Attention, please. Eastern Airlines Flight 19, now ready for departure. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're entering the vacation kingdom of the world. There's enough land here to hold all of the ideas and plans we could possibly imagine. We call it Epcot. Will be our experimental prototype city of tomorrow. Welcome to another episode of the Retro Disney World Podcast. Taking you back to the vacation kingdom of the world, the way it was, and the way it is in your memories. All right, welcome to another episode of the Retro Disney World Podcast, the official podcast of the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society. This is episode 84.5 DVC Feedback, and we'll be diving into the letters and notes and phone calls that we receive from our listeners about our previous episode on DVC. But before we get to that, as always, sitting in with me this evening as we record, uh, getting ready to go back to school already, or is actually in the school, waiting for the kids to arrive, Mr. J.T. Kusher. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Oh, can't complain. Yeah, we got a few weeks, so it's pretty lonely at the school. But yeah, uh, yeah and summer is, it hit August and the temperature dropped magically. And yeah. It's love how that goes. Before so. you know it, the pitter-patter of the kids running through the halls, so... Before we know it, we'll be in Florida. So. That's right. Yeah, we've got 60 days to go or thereabouts, somewhere in there. And coming in from Florida, as always, Mr. Hal Bowers, who has erected a new seawall uh, protecting the domain there and uh, making sure that his uh, tiki room doesn't flood in the future. So it hasn't flooded, but we want to ensure that your tiki mugs do not sail off. Uh, and he's going to be right. holding a dolphin watch party, I believe, at some point in his backyard, too. So That's true. We're going to get dolphin watches for everyone so you can tell what time it is when the dolphins come. Look at that. All right. Or we should get watch. swan watches, too. We should do a swan and dolphin watch. Swan and dolphin Actually, watch. That would be, be great. Just check yeah. your wrist and... Nope. It's the, 20 is minutes the wall, to dolphin. Is the wall getting taller? It is getting taller. And Leon's getting larger. It's uh, it's going up another 15 inches or so. So we're going to have, uh, it's going to do two things. It's going to flatten the ground. So that way the, because right now it, there's a big dip as it goes down in the water. And the second thing is going to be, right. uh, protect us from, from even higher tides and storms and whatnot. So it's going to uh, be a diving gonna... board, perhaps. Uh, well, those I don't believe are insurable anymore. Uh, in the home, <laughs> but yeah, a swimming a swimming pool would, is definitely on the horizon. I meant on the wall into the water, like the. Are you allowed to do oh, that? Oh, I don't know if you can do that, but it's not that deep, right? Know, I know. I, I uh, well, so we. I mean, there's a boat channel cut out in the middle. It's probably thirteen, fourteen foot. You know what oh, I should okay. do is I should build one of those swinging contraptions like they had at River Country. Yeah, right. Yeah. Where you grab boom, onto it your own boom mast, swing. But, yeah, the boom swing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I want a list of the most like uninsurable things at River Country, and I will reproduce <laughs> those and attach them to my dock. Uh if you, what if are you, the things that like hurt the most people? Yeah, if you did the uh, uh a slide directly from your roof and then just plummeted ten feet off into into the lagoon, <laughs> right, that, that like would work. Twelve well. foot drop off. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. That's that's a good one that's too. That's fine. Yeah. No filtered water. That's okay. Um, 
I would like Gotch the insurance track. adjuster to come out. Excuse me, sir. Is that a boom swing on your back? <laughs> if you could do a, darn tootin'. a barrel bridge with no handles or anything like that, just to try to get across the, the channel to your uh, to your neighbors across the way, it would be great. So, oh, Yeah, we could well, totally do that. Let, it, let us that know idea. if you see Charlie Tuna uh, coming in there at all. So. But coming in uh, from the city of brotherly love, Mr. Brian P. Miles tonight. How are you, sir? Well, I've left the pool briefly to record a podcast. Do you plan on going back around 11, 12 tonight? Very, you know, I, I, I spend as many daylight hours there as I can. I understand You're that. You're looking very tan. I see my dermatologist next week just to get the AOK, the annual AOK on my, on my right. uh, skin routine here. So yep. I Don't do put my tough. SPF 50 and 65s on out there, folks, when I'm, when I'm at the pool, so... Did they close for the night, or they, they you're allowed to night swim? Uh, the official hours are 9 a.m. to dusk, and dusk can be like 9.30 yeah. at night here yeah. at times. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it used to be sun up to sundown, and uh, I think they got a few weirdos in there swimming at like <laughs> 6.30 in the morning, and they decided uh, 9 a.m. is good. We'll, we'll yeah, good. Tom Sawyer Island hours till dusk. Yeah, that's right. Dusk, that's dusk right. is great. Seeing the sunset over there because the pool's next to an airport, next to a runway. So, yeah, you, you get to see the sunset the over there. Come yeah. through this week. Yeah, <laughs> which was great. A, like vintage, uh, you know, pre World War II era biplane. It was really a thing to see. But that's uh, so cool. yeah, I'm here and I'm excited to talk about all the feedback we got on the Disney Vacation Club and so much, so much of it. So it's yeah. been really appreciate that so we're going to dive in this episode's a little different because we have so much great feedback people um, really like that episode it, too it, which... it really rang and hit a lot of chords with people um, we got a lot of great feedback got a lot of information that we didn't know uh, we received a 700 page uh, bible of, of how how dvc operates and all the things we're going to talk about that which was which was amazing so chock full of so much information uh we learned some things and and uh, I, I think we can certainly talk about what we learned so uh this episode a little different that jt does not have to run out to the mailbag because he's this has been our mailbag he's going to he's assembled all this together so he's going to read a lot of interesting notes that people uh sent to us so we not only got let's see jt we got comments we've got uh people who did their own math there are people who Oh, they answered the question. What's the strangest place you listen to our podcast? I think we have some of those <laughs> in some there great too. Answers. Yeah, great answers. Now, I, I have those saved. I'd like to keep that open because we only got a few. Oh, okay. So right. I'm I'm got a folder going with those, and I'd like to. Well, you let's know, do that. Let, why don't you pose punt. the question again here, and we'll we'll read them next month. So yeah, we you know we we wanted to know sort of where or some places that you listen. It could be unique. I mean, or you know, the most unique. I mean, you know, we don't. We, that's a lot of people probably listen in their car on their commute or you know while walking or something but is there somewhere unique you've actually listened to the show and we got some good ones so far but i will say i'm a little disappointed i was expecting some more uniqueness some good stories or something but uh you know maybe maybe the the listeners will step up here all right so, and you can send that to us at podcast at retro yeah. com, or yeah. if you prefer to just tell us in a voice message you can call our hotline and leave a message, 978-71-RETRO. That's right. And there's a chance if you leave a message, we'll just play your audio on the show. Yeah, We've it's done that for before. JT to read, too, so that way. Yeah, I, <laughs> I stutter and 
<laughs> so feedback episode, uh, comments episode, whatever you want to call it. Um, so JT, I, I know you are the master of ceremonies, the MC tonight. I'm going to hand it over to you and, uh, we'll be here to comment and, uh, and we're happy to read and, some too. You know? Yeah. So take it away. Yeah, I JT. might get tired here because um yeah, just lot. some fun facts. I don't have a total on the emails, but uh in an eleven point font on a Google Doc, we we <laughs> netted fourteen pages of uh emails and notes and things like that. And we tried to get them all. So if uh we missed you or you know, whatever, apologies on that. But you know, I think one of the things that this did was it struck a lot of people because Mostly owners, I would say. We got mm -hmm. a lot of responses from people that are current members or owners, whatever you want to call that. And I attribute the uh, timeshare vacation club aspect almost like as touchy as an extended warranty. You have people that are very, very adamant on buying those on everything. Then you have people that are the complete opposite. And you always hear success stories. You always hear, I never use it. It goes both ways. So we kind of went on the way of like, none of us are owners. I mean, total transparency there. But we also went into the history and the facts and all that on the previous episode, if you haven't listened. We, our ignorance did get us some responses that I thought was interesting. And then we also got a lot of personal stories here on ways that it's either worked out or th the reason that people think it's it's going to you know work out in the long run for them. So we're going to start off here with Patrick. Patrick wrote us in and he says, I very much enjoyed your recent podcast on the Disney Vacation Club. As someone that's rented points in recent years for multiple trips, I too have crunched the numbers on whether or not to buy into it. While many think this form uh, from the perspective of an investment, that's a word some use in terms of their buy-in to DVC. I thought one context would be not to, to look not only at what an early buyer would recoup, but Disney-wise for their investment, but to also consider what the investment could have done in the market over that time. So he, he went deep here. This sounds like a guy yeah. you would like, Todd. Uh, <laughs> I believe someone mentioned one of the early packages was approximately $11,000 in 1991. I plugged that number into an investment calculator which estimated that an $11,000 investment in 1992, assuming compound gain uh, per year of 9.3%, would net you an investment value of $173,250 in May of this year. I thought this might be worth considering when you're asserting relative uses of that money over time. That's a, you're right, JT. It hits me because, as, as I said in the previous episode, you know, we talked about money and percentages and all that, and that's. That is amazing. And, and, you know, the, you had in the DVC points that you have spent in that period of time, um, doesn't get the full, you know, every year would be a different amount, but that just goes to show the value of that money over time. And I think what somebody has to do was saying, Oh, well, I got my value. It's the value that you perceive. It's the value that you enjoy the value of going there for the 11, 20 years, or what did he compute, uh, 1992 to now? So, yeah, the almost 30 years. Um, the value of that and versus the, val the value of the money versus the value of the fund somebody would have had between going there. Those are two different values that people put different money on and put different thoughts on. And um, I think it's just, it's it's different for everyone. I think you guys know where I sit. <laughs> I like sure. the flexibility, too. So, And we will All tackle right. that tonight. What's yes. that? I said, we'll tackle that tonight yeah. a bit as we read more of these Absolutely. responses. But JT, you did skip the one, my favorite, the first response we got. 
who said, excellent oh, yes. podcast episode on DVC. I thought it was humorous when you said it was not your intention to make fun of DVC owners, and then you proceeded to do so. Now, what I think is funny about that is, oh, we got, I don't know what it was, you said 14 pages of responses here. That was the only one Correct. that in any way indicated we were guilty of some maltreatment of DVC owners, because I think we were pretty careful to try to be respectful and present our side. In fact, that's, there's a lot of emails that say that. Uh, and, you know, we learned from their feedback, so. Yeah, I will say that what, what peop, the owners that did write in and gave us some new information on it, um, it certainly gives a, you know, a new light into the way that people are utilizing or the money they spent. You know, some people worked out very well from a monetary perspective. Other people didn't work out so very well and they sold it. Um, but yeah, there's no way where we ought to make fun of or poke funny. It's not for everybody. And, you know, um, not having a DVC is not for everybody. So I, I mean, I mean, the funny thing is, is we made fun of the Disney Institute people, the episode before, <laughs> not the Disney Vacation true. Club people. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We did. We did make more fun of those. And if you wanted to go to learn yeah. to and, grow mushrooms on your vacation, and people, more power to you. Yeah. And those people actually wrote in and said, right, it was kind of weird. We had fun, but it was definitely <laughs> odd. We did, we did get a lot of those responses. They're like, that's yeah, right. you're right. I wouldn't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can i read the next one jt yeah you I, go just, ahead. I just i just love robert's last name this this is from robert cobo bianco which is an awesome his name, name was great. lola uh, she was a showgirl <laughs> uh he's he loved the dvc episode and he thought he'd share his own dvc story it's probably different from most he says so he bought 180 points at the grand californian in 2010 because they had what he considered to be a pretty good deal at the time for 92 dollars a point he put half down and paid off the rest in three years. He was 34 years old, and he was spending about $3,000 a year at Disney Resorts anyway. So, okay, it gives you good... I, I think a lot, of, uh, a lot of the things that we're finding out about are use cases. So I think setting up the use case here is important. Um, he lives in yeah. Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, which is a two-and-a-half-hour drive away from the parks. So in there quick. Um, but since he was born, they would take uh, five or six three-day trips a year. Uh, in addition to full vacations there. So he's a constant, you know, Walt Disney World guest and continued to do that as an adult. And since they were spending that much money there every year, he just looked at it as prepaying, knowing that the room rates went up every year. Um, he said, I've never stayed at the Grand Californian, but I've stayed at all the Walt Disney Resorts and Vero Beach. He said, most people say they have a problem booking when they're in the seventh month, seven month or less window. But he finds as long as you're persistent and flexible, you can get what you want. His favorites are the Grand Floridian, the Riviera, the Polynesian, and uh, what is OKW? I no. Old Key West. Old the original. West. Oh, Old Key West, the original. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, now, this is interesting. I, I think the class of room that you stay in as we go through these letters also varies quite a bit. Um, he says he mostly stays in studios, but they'll get a one bedroom every once in a while. And he's been upgraded, I guess, for free to two bedrooms many times. He says, as far as kitchen use, my wife cooks all the time at home. So we never use the kitchen for dinner. But when his mom was alive, she would make dinners often. So there you go. Full, full dinners. He said they'll usually make eggs and bacon and toast in the morning. And I always choose to make a cocktail for the trip and bring the ingredients for that drink and set up a bar in the kitchen for drinks every night. I love that idea. Well, you know, you know, it's really interesting. We, we asked in the pre previous episode, anybody cooked there, you know, we had talked about 
I, Ro- I think roasting a turkey, roasting a turkey. Yeah, yeah. And I think right. what what we're hearing here from him too is that if you have the option to be there for two straight weeks, it's not a vacation where you're going down and you need to be in the parks every day. Not going to the park was a cool thing to do. And just hanging out at the pool is a cool thing to do. And we're going to make dinner because it doesn't make sense. So it does change the dynamic of a vacation where you are going somewhere that you consider a wonderful place to be and another place to be rather than being at home. And I'm going to bet you there's some people who go down there and just wind up working too. Especially in a one bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like the plot twist here coming up in this letter, Hal, because I relate to it oh, so okay. much. Uh, COVID changed a lot of things. We were AP since the beginning, but they gave it up since COVID. With Genie and Lightning Lanes, we chose not to do it again. Uh, At 47, we don't miss the parks nearly as much as we thought we would, and we definitely don't miss the $1,000 per person expense. They miss the freedom to go wherever they choose. It's like now they do resort trips, swim in the pool, go to the gym, choose a resort restaurant for dinner, go to Springs. Because, you know, having to have reservations and the cost of tickets is, is and the pre-planning involved is just crazy now compared to as it was in the old days. Um, and he says they'll do two, one or two extra hour event tickets per year to do a few rides. So probably like, you know, the Halloween events or the Christmas events. He stayed at the Grand Floridian the first week of the reopening. No parks were open, just DVC dvc guests and he said it was crazy that you could walk the whole resort and not see another guest (laughs) i this will be an interesting theme that that will repeat because when i was reading the first three quarters of his email and he's talking about uh, if you roll with it you can get into another resort no problem and you'll see some emails coming up where people talk about that exact opposite problem that your your home resort is really where you have your best shot and getting into other places where I've noticed the disconnect in all these emails, as you'll see when they come out, uh, is people who are traveling with kids, with families, who are planning their family trips. Uh, it's very important for them to, like, we're, we're at Animal Kingdom Lodge and that's it. And, you know, they're planning meals months in advance and what park they're going to be in which day. And uh the folks that are traveling sans children or taking a nephew up as a as a fun week or something like that they're a lot more flexible and a lot mm-hmm. more laid back in terms of ah i'm going to try to get beach club but if i end up stuck at old key west again that's fine with me uh and so that's kind of a repeating theme i think you see in some of these messages that we got and then of course the uh Genie Plus and Lightning Lane. I, <laughs> they're, they're, I, I'm I, with them. I am with them 100%. I don't spend as many days in the parks anymore on my visits. In fact, I spend precious few for those precise reasons. And park reservations he refers to, which are mostly retired at this point, except for Magic Kingdom, but still an annoyance. Uh, yeah, we I, a similar funny story. I was... I did the move with the, I tried to run into Animal Kingdom a couple weeks ago to get the magnets. Yeah. And uh, I ran up to go scan and I go, I don't have a park reservation. And I just got one real quick on my phone. And then ran in. <laughs> so I'm like, does this thing even matter? Like, it's it, it, very odd. All right. Uh, Tom Schuler's next. He wrote us on June 14th. Tom says he's been a listener since the beginning. So uh, 84 He's a super fan. Tom. He yeah. tweets he, this a lot. 
Uh, he says, uh, talking about timeshares in general, his wife and I were married in October of 1989. We had enough money to spend the first night of our honeymoon at the Grand Floridian. $206 for the rest of the week. We're at the Days Inn in Apopka Vineland. Or is that Vinland? Vineland? It's Vineland, yeah. Okay. Uh, there was a salesman for timeshares outside the hotel and offered us breakfast and SeaWorld tickets to come and watch the presentation. The <laughs> I old, love this. Local, <laughs> oldest trick in the book there. Uh, so after touring a model, sitting through the spiel, and getting sales pitch, we weren't interested in the sales manager's turned loose on us. He literally called us stupid for not plunking down the $12,000 for one week a year in Kissimmee. So I said, we're honeymoon at the freaking Days Inn, and you think we have $12,000 to blow? You've been married for all of 47 hours, right? This is literally, I can hear JT saying this if it was him. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, give me our SeaWorld tickets. We'll be on our way. The breakfast was horrible, too, he says. Uh, fast forward to 2003. Uh, they have a nine-year-old daughter, and they bought DVC for $14,000. 150 points annually until 2053 and a $500 a year maintenance uh, deal. They stayed in hotels that were previously out of reach. We saved hundreds on dining by eating some meals in the room. They have brought extended family and friends who paid for the dining plan multiple times. One vacation, they used points to get a two-bedroom villa and two studios at Jumbo House at Animal Kingdom Lodge, which alone would have cost nine grand. We've used DVC in 20 years and probably uh, 30 different times. They even went twice in 2020. Uh, they said uh, probably 30 times we've paid. We've more than paid for it overall. We get discounts on dining, merchant APs. Many times we didn't bother with parks, just enjoyed being in the bubble. Vera Beach and Hilton Head are also great, and we also always enjoyed it. Uh, had no regrets until you said that in the 90s there were park admissions thrown in. <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, later this year, we'll be staying in Rome for a week on our points. So there nice. is one thing. I don't know if we hit on it as much. We might have. And I dug into this, the uh, the discounts you get as a member. And it's very similar to annual pass discounts, like everything from uh, $2 off beach chairs at Vero Beach, 20% at Joffrey's, dining, food, all that stuff. Uh, thought that, I mean, you know, and if, if you're, I'm sure there's somebody out there and they'll probably write us in. Uh, they, they've probably tracked how much they've saved on discounts and it's not going to pay for the twelve thousand dollars down but uh you know there there was a time where they were a lot more generous than they are now um because you know a 20 percent discount on on uh on a restaurant meal basically they're covers you're the getting tip. the tip you're getting yeah. the tip it covers the tip. sure um i do know that i was traveling with a dvc member last november when i was down there and the hurricane came through and it ended up leading to a bunch of tickets for the Christmas party opening up in November there that that night I was there so we decided on a whim to go since it had been a sold out event but since so many people couldn't get down there and I said uh, do you get a discount with your DVC membership yes the $160 ticket was discounted to 150 they knocked 10 bucks off <laughs> yeah it's not huge by any means me it reminds me when I see ads that say like, "Pay the child admission price for Walt Disney World tickets." Yeah. But like, it's six dollars less. Yeah, it's, right. it's, you're really the, doing the, me a big favor now, here. Now, I do understand there are times where they will target um, DVC members and offer half price tickets and things like that 
for something that isn't selling or low low attendance nights things like that so i mean there are like benefits. the nba experience the nba experience or you know something like that but yeah so i, I know there are times where they you know some good fortune falls in their lap but all right so uh, just to comment on the the discounts and stuff right we we've, we've mentioned that and i don't know if we said in the last episode right dvc is to get Look, it's a great marketing thing for Disney because what are they doing? They're getting you to their property every year or every every other year. Sure. The discounts, yes, they are discounts and they help you save and helps the people save. But they're the company is making up for that discount. So it's a perceived discount to them, right? Because they really don't care if they give you yeah. 10% off because they're going to get more from you for being there and buying other things. Um, whether it's a water or whether it's something else, they're going to make that money back. So... I think the trick here is that, and I'm glad to hear that people use their points in, to go to Rome, and I'm glad to hear the point, you know, you can use that. I don't know how difficult it is. Somebody can give us an update on that. Um, but a lot of people that we've heard from and I've, who I've spoken to at the at the hot tubs, I'll get into that a little later. Um, <laughs> hot tub. Let's get into it now. James right, Brown. James Brown. <laughs> hot tub. They, right. they they want to be at Disney, right? So they're not worried about going other places. I mean, a lot of people just want to be there all the time. But that's the thing is that these discounts are only available there and that they're there for a reason. The hot tub thing is what I'm talking about. It's funny because as people know, and we've, we've mentioned, I buy people's DVC points when I go down there. I do not go down as often as most people might think. Um, but... My wife and I will go to the hot tub after a day in the park. We'll just sit there, and there's bound to always be a DVC member in that hot tub, and they're just sitting well, back and talking. You're in a DVC talking. resort. <laughs> I was just going to say that. No, 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 no. What sometimes, a, no, no, what no, a no, shock, no. Todd. No, no. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we're at the general resort. We're not. We're not at the pool. You know, some people will be at the regular pool. I mean, everything has DVC. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, really, when you think about it, but they'll generally be an owner. We've never met anybody that buys points. And their owners. And I was sitting there and, the, and you always talk to them and, you know, we joke, oh, we buy people's points and they tell you how long we've been an owner for and all this stuff. And I'm talking to one lady on the recent trip. She goes, my damn husband bought into this. It's the only place we can go. It's the only place he takes me. I'm tired of it. I'm sitting here in the hot tub. I don't know where he's, what he's doing. It clearly did not go well for that relationship. And um, she was like, yeah, I can't talk him out of it. I can't talk about going other places. And, and, you know, apparently this gentleman thought it was the best thing for his family. But um, so thank you, DVC members. You keep me occupied at the hot tub. So I, I might see I somebody did, out there. I did respond to this email from Tom when he first sent it in because uh, he he indicated he was like, oh, well, you know, we pay X number of dollars a year for the maintenance fee. Yeah. And I said, well, how did your maintenance fee stay so low? They're, they're allowed to adjust it each year. Right. And he did respond to us and said that the maintenance fee is is, is based on the points. And mm -hmm. it has gone up some. He did say it was written into the contract that they're limited by how much they can raise it each year. It's a, so it, it's a relatively small amount. Uh, but that the rates to use the rooms never change. So, you know, what a, and I think we got a couple of other emails in here that go through that where, you know, if uh, one bedroom is 13 points during this season, it's always 13 points. It's not suddenly 20 points next year. Uh, See, so, I thought that changed. That's interesting. I, I, I did maybe, too. Yeah, um, because I've seen where the number of points have gone up over the years too. 
Yeah. So maybe it's a, it's locked into your contract. And if he, you're well, using well, it, what he says is if there's a seasonal increase, like a busy, then there has to be a, a concurrent decrease during an offsetting season. Gotcha. So, you know, if you only want to go at Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's, you know, they can, they can bilk you, but by the same token, it means the rates have to get lower. Uh, during the during the low lower crowd seasons, um, yeah. Well, we experience oh. that in renting points too. You know, the points are more at like when I have to go at spring break. It's it's awful. It's like the most points possible to use then. But then if I could go in like October, that'd be amazing. It's way lower. So is anybody and, thinking that this is purposely very difficult to understand? Oh t- yeah, I mean I'm sure <laughs> we're it's... gonna get to a, a guidebook in a little bit, and the, mm-hmm. you can see why this guy. But, but I'll say here with, you know, Tom will be the first of many emails touching on one of the themes you'll pick up here is the value for a lot of DVC owners is deluxe uh, resorts have become so exorbitantly priced that what it does is it puts it into a price range. D- DVC ownership right. puts those resorts into reach for people who otherwise would not be able to afford them. Uh, and so if they bank yep. some points one year and don't go, they can stay at the Grand Floridian the next year and, and, and blow the wad. Uh, and sometimes uh, they just they can stretch the points by going at low seasons to get three weeks of vacation rentals where other people might use the same amount of points in a week at Christmas. So yep. uh, that's that that's some of what you're going to hear here. I do want to add that uh, for the upcoming Disney Jollywood Nights, Brian, uh, your DVC membership discount will be $10. Well, <laughs> anybody needs to borrow a uh, Alexander Hamilton for me, I got one for you. <laughs> and one, one more fun fact on the discounts. I'm going to do a little synergy here connection. Uh if you'd like to do a on-demand course at the Disney Institute as a DVC member, you save 20%. Mm. So there nice you go. Set. Yeah, they're just still asking anybody to get in there. They need people for the Institute. So I have, I have to tell you another funny little story that I, I never executed on this because personally I don't want to be on the Today Show. But I was just thinking about this once. When we say you save whether it's coupons or Disney or wherever you're going, whether you have the grocery store, you, you know, you get the bottom of your receipt at the grocery store. You save $63. Oh my gosh. I saved $63. No, you didn't save it. You just didn't pay that. Saving it is taking the $60 and putting it in a bank account and actually saving it. Right. So I always thought it would be an interesting experiment for one year to collect all your coupons and whatever you saved, quote unquote, saved, you actually saved it. And see how much you have at the end of the year. And I would be like, this is like a perfect thing for somebody to go on the Today Show and like say that they did. Like, oh, we'll have you back in one year. And then, you know, Al Roker would tell you what amazing thing you did. But uh, I just, I've always thought of the word save and the way we used it. And, and, and it's, no, you didn't save it. You just didn't pay it. When you put it away, you saved it. I mean, you really well, could say, I always joke, we, you know, yeah, I saved $100 off my $250 purchase from wherever. I'd have saved or, or not spent more money if I wouldn't have bought anything yeah. and just <laughs> exactly. overall, right. like, exactly. you know, but that, that coupon made you like, I got to get it. Cause I'm saving a hundred right. off. You it's, know? A, it's a, it's a, it, yeah. You save everything if you don't buy it. So what yeah. you're advertising is the Disney sit at home in your living room club, not the Disney vacation. There's no vacation. <laughs> it's a vacation. At that point. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That used to be Sunday night with Michael Eisner. You'd so, sit there and that was the free one. If oh, anybody's oh. wondering who the treasurer of the Lake Buena Vista historical society is, you might, might be able to figure it out now. So. Yeah. 
All right, we want another one? Yeah, ready? of course. Yeah. This is what um, we're here for. Joe Nicella Nocella, uh, he says, listen to your fantastic podcast on the DVC. My ex and I became members in 1997. He held off on buying until they were a little more financially stable. He says, what's funny is that our first use was not at a DVC resort, but rather we used the points to stay at a very nice hotel in London next Ooh. to Kensington Palace for a week. Ooh, Got to go. Yeah, I know, Joe. Jeez, I don't know if we can be friends. Uh, here we go. A couple of points here he'd like to say. The length of stay tickets were given to members until 1999. However, you had to have been members within the first five years to get that benefit. So even though they joined in 97, they didn't qualify for that uh, benefit. This deal He's keeps a... getting worse and worse. Well, I was just going to say, what are the benefits that you used to get that when you resell, you don't get, right? Aren't there some oh, that don't transfer, too? Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's yes. a lot. Yeah, that you like got to be a real... point. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then, Pray too. I don't alter the deal any further. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was referring to. Right? Yeah, right, you were. Right. Now, now I'm they, building on that. I'm building they, on that, Brian. That, that would be a bad DBC sales tactic to have Darth Vader in there and just, you know, the. <laughs> Right, you must be deal. stupid not to spend $12,000 now. <laughs> now enjoy James some Earl terrible Jones. breakfast. <laughs> Fully armed and operational DVC membership. All right. All right. Our sales rep mentioned, and I did some digging on this, which I think we did, but uh, they were planning resorts in Newport Beach and the ski one in Colorado. There was also a Times Square one coming and mm. uh, even one which uh, was... What's the hotel that they built over by Fort Wilderness? Is that a Four Seasons? Yes. That was going to be a DVC resort as well over there. So all these things they backed out on, they didn't do, they kind of turned in. Like the New York City building is there. Disney just backed out and like Marriott or somebody took it over. And same with uh, the Newport Beach one. Uh, about ten, about Yeah. So about, and the reason was basically the off Disney property ones just didn't move like they, they mm. wanted them to. I mean... You you very well could be. I bet you it's a it's a heck of a deal. We'll call it deal and saving. I j stop using that word now because of Todd. Uh, <laughs> you you could save a ton if you got a Vero Beach secondhand at this point, but I don't know. Uh, all right, about ten years ago, DVC offered an option in that you can extend your contract for another ten years, and the cost was min minimal. This was a limited time offer. He forgot to mention it, but DVC was planning Times Square. Uh, it is true that you tended to cook your own meals while staying at a DVC resort. Our first stop after checking in was to go to Goodings and stock up on snacks, drinks, milk, cereal, packages of mac and cheese. What always made me uncomfortable shopping at Goodings was that elderly person always helped me with my groceries to my car. <laughs> uh, I don't remember that because I always used to shop there. I would land in a night flight, so I'd be going in there at 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Nobody helped me to my car. Goodings was amazing. In a yep. I remember going in there and seeing cow tongue for sale in the uh, in the like the meat section. Oh, really? Like, all sorts of interesting things. They come, yeah, they had all kinds of bits and pieces of animals in there for you. You cook that in your oven at your, your, your DVC, yeah. one bedroom. You could have a tongue sandwich. They're very big. <laughs> Get some Eat your tail. tongue sandwich. Make... We're going to the pool. <laughs> Make some oxtail soup in there for you. Yeah, You're going to get stuff. some emails from tongue sandwich lovers. Carl Reiner, rest in peace, loved a tongue sandwich. Oh. Now, now I want to know. I got another challenge. What's the weirdest thing you've cooked in a DVC room? Because I'd like to know if you've done the turkey or the tongue the sandwich. Books. So. They've cooked the books there. 
<laughs> the debacle at Olani cost the head of DVC and DVC CFO their jobs. What had happened that they severely underestimated the annual dues for those that brought in, bought into Olani and the language that was so built into the contracts had a major error and the annual dues could not be raised. <laughs> so, and I don't know if you knew this, DVC put a pause in selling Olani contracts until they corrected the dues issue and the error in the contract. That's why the annual dues for Alani are very high for people who bought after the pause and sale, and they could go higher. They continue to go higher. Man, I wish I would have been paying attention to that yeah, one. Yeah, we jumped on that early. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, he also added here, he, on a side note, he had a friend whose dad was the architect that designed the treehouse uh, villas. Huh. And uh, that dad passed away, but I will ask my friend whether he has some old blueprints or anything like that and that for that. So thanks, Joe. Uh, anything to add to those gentlemen? Yeah, I'm curious if they're the original tree houses or the rebuilt ones, because I think Howe and I tracked down the company that sold the newer ones. Uh, their stock from North or South Carolina or Georgia, I have their right. brochure somewhere mm -hmm. at my office. Yeah, you can still buy them today. Yep. You can buy yeah. one and put it in Howe's backyard right by the new seawall. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Jump out of your treehouse into the. I have actually considered if I've, if I was ever to buy property somewhere, I would just buy one of those and have it put there and like live in the treehouse. That's it. Why not? Like they're Tarzan, hurricane proof. Like Tarzan or the Swiss Family Robinson, depending on which coast you're on. There you go. All right, we got a big one here from Ed. While listening to your latest DVC episode, I was struck by the logic you all shared related to finding value in DVC. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. Well, you know, I'm just trying to keep it interesting. All That's why I fell asleep during the end of the episode, undoubtedly. Well, you this. Keep reading. You made statements that I made, why pay now when I can choose the resort I want and pay then? And you even made the same mathematical arguments I made, the large investment required. We were also put off with the lack of housekeeping and other differences in a DVC resort. And then COVID hit. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we continued to travel during COVID, and we discovered that those differences were not that big of a deal. So we looked at it again, examined whether or not it had value for us. For my family, we came to the conclusion that it did make quite a bit of sense for us, and that some of the statements or thoughts I had were actually flawed, at least as it pertains to my situation. The analysis I completed and uh, our other reasons are much more detailed and complicated than can be summarized in an email, but here's the high-level heavy hitters. Firstly, we go to Disney at least once per year, and actually now they go three to four times a year. They prefer to stay at a Disney resort. That's huge. I mean, you know, you, if you start doing the math and you start shopping around, you can find deals at five or six places, rent an Airbnb. You, you, you know, you don't, you don't always win. But if you're really wanting to stay at, DV, at a Disney resort, it's, it's big for you. Uh, we used to rely on discounts to reduce our room costs. So they stayed at deluxe resorts. A few years later, we were staying in moderates, and then we found ourselves in value, uh, and we started leveling down on our preferred resort types, just mainly based on cost. When I looked into DVC again, I was struck by a value proposition that you did not discuss, and that is the lack of real escalation in costs. Yes, there are annual dues, and those are subject to increase, but the increases are not at the sole whim of Disney. When I looked at the purchase price, the annual escalated dues uh, through the end of the contract, and then what I get for that total investment, I am paying the rough equivalent of $1,100 in today's dollars for a week at a resort like Wilderness Lodge. Now, yes, to achieve that value, I have to go every year, but we do. 
If I escalate that out of future values by 2040, I still will only be paying $2,160 for a week at Wilderness Lodge. That is total cost, including the initial purchase and escalated annual dues. The I mean, okay, if I go look at how much a room costs at Wilderness Lodge, oh, yeah. $1,000 is like two days or maybe one, one depending yeah, on the time. One and a half with tax. <laughs> No, yeah. and that's, you know, we always say like even renting points, which, you know, that's a whole different thing. It, roughly, it feels like you're paying a moderate to stay at a, a deluxe. That's yeah, right, yeah. the feel of it. Yep. Uh, um, the value to me is that DVC contract is very close to inflation proof. Disney can move around the points, but they cannot add to the total points at that resort. If they increase the per night points on a particular day, they need to reduce other nights to offset that increase. The price you pay is directly tied to the price you pay per point in the initial purchase. What that's the whole thing told me right there as an educator that only has off in the worst times of the year, DVC is the worst for me. I should never do it. Uh, also, <laughs> but on the, go ahead. On the, on the pro side, though, one day, one day they will skew the price of the of the desirable days so high that like staying on an off day will cost like two points. <laughs> right. It'll be right. worth quitting your job. Yeah. Just, to, just to go on vacation. You also mentioned the size of the rooms. Yes, they're not enormous, but they're pretty much the same as regular hotel rooms. Finally, and I'll let you guys go. I will not likely be able to continue to go throughout the rest of the life of the contract. I am too old. But my adult kids still love to go to Disney, and we have them on the deed. For them, when my wife and I stop going, they will only need to pay the dues, so the value for them will be much higher. That really means a lot to me. So two points here that he's made that are that are... Uh, worth noting, including repeating or expanding on what Tom said about the the finite number of points that each resort has and price being higher at one point and lower at the other. Um, the DVC contract being inflation-proof. <clears throat> I can tell you right now, Todd's reply would be, it's also growth-proof. <laughs> it's, you know, right. the, art, the counter-argument is... You know, take that pile of money. Don't go to Disney. Put it in a in an interest bearing account, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, you've got one hundred and seventy four thousand dollars instead of an expiring vacation contract, of which um, you may not want to go to at some point. Right? Totally, totally true. Which subsequent emails you'll see emphasize well, the fact that points, they can sell yeah. them. They, they can, can sell them, them for yeah. close to what they paid often. Um, but anyway, uh. Absolutely. The the ability to hand this off to your children and and pass on their ability to go for a high discount at, at your expense. I mean, it's a terrific gift. And if my mother's listening, you should consider it. <laughs> I think any of us would be happy to take a DVC off oh, of anyone's hands if, if they would like to. If there's a listener out there that you, yeah. that you don't have any kids or kids you don't like anymore, you're estranged from. You could leave it to any one of us or all of us. You could give it to the society. Right. Tax-free donation. Yeah. Hey, yep. do the spiel that you do at the end of every set. Uh, I like Buena Vista Historic Society. He's a what, what's non-profit, the nonpartisan 501c3 organization. <laughs> it exactly. It's not affiliated in any way with the Walt Disney Corporation or any of its... Da, 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 da. There you go. Uh, but we do like going, inheriting people's DVC contracts. That's right. We could put it to use. We would help us. And, and not personally, but with everybody, no. with all the people we bring in. So. New listener uh, audio teaser prize. One <laughs> night. <laughs> all right, so that was uh, Ed 
Ed, uh, you know, that's, I, I, I like all that. You're, you're, well, I think what's interesting about his story is like, it it changed. He said, I didn't like it. And then it, it makes sense. And there's, and that's what I kind of get to at the end is that people's lives change and there's different needs for this and different values of it at different parts of the life. And sometimes it's very valuable for somebody's entire life too. Yeah, so. I keep I keep seeing use case over and over again here. It's like it, there were there are use cases that we will see that when we got the email, I was like, oh, I never thought of that because that's not right. the world that I live in. But that can, makes complete sense yeah. of why you would do that. But what's interesting is is that when I'll get to this at the end is that you're absolutely right. But the use cases there there's a common denominator between some of these use cases as well but we'll get to that later oh yeah and generally it's i want to stay at disney as much <laughs> I as want i want to not just stay that's where i want to go <laughs> right, right which which is which is great awesome. because that's where you want to I mean, be disney loves that right whether you stay in a hotel or dvc They're... disney's gonna get your money anyway yep. so you may as well make it the way that you like it yep yeah so touching on the the, the next email, which is from Heather Vale. Can we just pause uh, for, yeah. for, for one second? So it's, it's funny that you said that, How? because whether you want Disney gets your money. Now think about that. Who's the one holding the money in an interest-bearing account when you do give, when you pay for it, though? They are. Yeah. So think about right. it. They're yeah. making the investment off of you, too, right? You give of them $20,000, you repeat that 100, 200, 500,000, 10,000 times. Yes, there are things to pay for. Yes, there's construction. The whole point of a company is to hold that money somewhere and also make interest on it. Let's be, let's, they invest. They don't, they yeah, don't just Todd, sit on their money. I'm no Todd, yeah, they're not no Scrooge. It's, it's not Scrooge McDuck with, with a bunch of gold coins that don't, you know, that don't increase in value. You're not calculating so. the compound interest on the memories. There you go. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, this is like trying to, to argue with somebody that goes to Vegas every year, right. too. I mean, there's a reason why they, they have these massive hotels. There's a reason why, you know, Absolutely. I mean, odds are you're not going to win. That's just, but at the same time, people have fun. They go, they love it, you know? It's the guy next to me that's going to lose JT, not me. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I learned it my first visit. I'm like, they give you free beer to sit here, and I'm like, yeah, well, I lost a hundred dollars sitting here for that free beer. Like, free, there's a reason, yeah, free beer, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you want to do Heather's there? I will. Brian? I will. Go ahead. So we got this one from Heather Vale, and Heather wrote uh, first off that you know we brought up a lot the upfront cost on a DVC on the episode, and that was a big consideration for them buying in. She did a calculator for herself uh, that she used over time to track their initial investment, which you'll clutch your pearls, uh, then for each trip that they took. She looked up the cash value of the room they were booking and began subtracting that from the, their initial price to see their break-even point. She, uh, she also added the annual dues in as a cost that worked against the break-even, but considering their initial layout, was forty eight thousand dollars in twenty eighteen. It was down to about twelve thousand away from their break even point after five years, if compared against what they would have paid for cash pricing. So again, the the, the repeating theme of it's a great discount uh, on deluxe resorts. She said thinks it even may have taken another three to four years to hit break even. At which point twenty two twenty six twenty seven they will still have about thirty five years left on their contract. Um, I'm going to jump around a little bit here in the email because you might be wondering where they paid $48,000 for in 2018. And that was at the Polynesian resort. Um, so she says, she think there's been some talk about how much the points cost on the show as well. And that was a little hard to follow. And it can be because 
timeshares by nature, whether they're Disney or not, can be confusing for people who aren't used to navigating them. Uh, but as a non-member, she says you can book for around $20 to $25 a point for the points that you have to have for the room booked. However, if you want to buy into DVC, depending on the resort, you're in the $150 to $200 slash $300 per point range because those are your points that renew annually. There are also cash rooms at the resort, but, and this was one we, did, we talked about it, but wasn't mentioned yet, Disney cannot just release rooms for, uh, from the inventory for cash uh, at these CVC resorts because there are rules for how Disney can use the inventory and shift the points around within each individual DVC property. Anywho, this was her snapshot of a rudimentary tracker that takes her from their initial sale price to where they are today. They have not regretted being members at all. She definitely thinks uh, that it is all what you are hoping to get out of it. I think we would agree with that. Mm -hmm. If you want a prepaid room thinking that you're getting a deal in a room, that's likely not the case over the first 10 years at least. Uh, she also would not have financed knowing a bill that would be coming every month for a vacation uh, she wasn't on. So they did wait until they had the cash on hand to just pay cash for um, what is essentially a luxury purchase. That is a great uh, way to think of it. That's exactly what it is. It's discretionary income, right? Yeah. That's uh, And she does say that uh, they, because they've spent so much time there the last five years and, and hit the break-even point, uh, they're going to be spending less time in Florida. They don't see them traveling there in the foreseeable future, and they may buy in at Olani. No, there we go. In addition to this, once all is said and done. So, and then there's a, it carries on. Uh, their break-even point is even accelerated because of a big shift in how they vacation, uh, which came with having points uh, versus having to pull out a credit card to pay for the room. They went to Disney more often, even through the pandemic, and would stay at the boardwalk of the Polynesian, which they might have skipped for a trip uh, or stayed off property. They used their points at Olani in 2019 for a once-in-a-lifetime trip, stayed in a studio room, went back in August 22. Iraq in 2022, so it wasn't a once-in-a-lifetime trip. Uh, they got a one-bedroom ocean view, which is not something they ever would have paid $1,200 a night cash mm. for seven days. And they also booked one in the two-bedroom rooms at the Hilton Head and the Boardwalk over the past few years, whereas they might have been fine with a regular hotel room before. So staying in those rooms has made their vacations much more enjoyable. They've spent time exploring the resorts, which have a lot to offer in their own right. And using their room as a home base to relax in the afternoon and make breakfast in the morning before heading to the parks or to the beach. So they aren't uh, hunting the grounds for 30-minute Starbucks lines or to get a mediocre muffin. Man, you're speaking my language here. <laughs> this has uh, made their lives easier because of their proximity to these resorts to the parks and the transportation and using the walking paths. So the rooms almost always have a balcony and or jacuzzi tub and are stocked with the comforts of home. They have a bottle opener and glasses ready for the wine you want to pop open and take to the patio or bubble bath at the end of the night. She knows how to do this, man. Let me tell you. Uh, there are some other shifts in how we plan to get uh, getting used to. 11 months or 7 months. We did talk about this in the last episode. 11 months for your home resort you can book. 7 months if you want to book a different DVC resort. And we have some subsequent emails here that say it's harder to book those seven-month reservations. Some say near impossible. But over the past few years, lifelong memories with their kids, family, and friends 
Uh, they did also rent points out that they weren't going to use. So that did offset some dues for us, which was a nice option. She doesn't think DVC is for everyone. It's a big investment that requires a lot of thought and planning. What Disney expense doesn't. <laughs> but they just wanted to share their experience and they've loved every minute of it. But now that the kids are older, they are setting their sights on showing them the world beyond World Showcase. Oh, it looks a just like for all of us in there. Yeah, a little something for all of us in there. It's a great, well-written stuff and a lot of a lot of good information in there. And really, it 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 it's like gone full circle for them too. It sounds like they've gotten the best deal out of it, and they're they're probably ready to to do something different. And they've had some great experiences from it. And I'm glad it's helped a lot of people do that. Uh, I'm going to do the next email, too, because it's short, and that is from <laughs> Kim Cappadonna, and Kim tells us that she's adding her two cents here. They bought a resale contract in the spring of 2016, three days before they announced the changes that the resales would no longer get the discounted annual passes or other benefits uh, of DVC purchased directly from Disney. And the discounted annual passes were the reason that they jumped in, because it is actually a nice discount for the DVC members. Uh, I don't think quite as cheap as Florida residents. I we should know that, but uh, it's a it's a substantial discount. Uh, I would be not, surprised if they're not similar or identical. Yeah, maybe. Um, so we'll get fourteen emails telling us now. Uh, but yeah. the cost <laughs> of the points pretty much balances out with the hotel rooms they were booking anyway, with three kids in tow. It used to mean two hotel rooms or a wildly overpriced suite. Now they have some pretty good perks, too. Most of those are gone now, and it's not nearly as appealing if you were to buy resale today. So thank you, Kim, for that. Next up, we have a, an anonymous letter here, and uh, we'd like to get into this now. We were DVC owners until just this past month. Thank you, Todd. You convinced... No, I'm just kidding. Here's a little summary of Eric's experience. Uh, we visited the DVC Center in 2005, which was basically no pressure at all. And I think that's to be noted. It, it, they, they did break the mold on that. The, the high pressure, you get the grandfather clock, and it's really a tabletop version of it that didn't ever happen cardboard, it seemed like with cardboard disney you put cardboard yeah. yeah 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 it's you know it was uh it, it i went to the pitch i'm sure we all did to get something free out of it and just sort of you know whatever and it it never felt like you had to buy and they didn't call you stupid and all that stuff so uh they took care of our two kids gave us snacks fast passes and they ended up buying 150 points for a reseller so i'm just imagining going through the spiel and then they just leave and hey, we're gonna go look at resale it's like going to the used car dealer after you've been do you think yeah. there's anybody that was ever like, you're not buying this, you must be stupid, who goes, well, I don't want to be stupid. All right, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. It's such a great deal. You convinced me. I, we had, uh, uh, we, a while ago, my wife fell for the scheme of a free the scheme of a free cruise, and she gave him 200 bucks. Yeah. And uh, to basically get out of it, I told him we had a life-threatening illness, and we couldn't do this, and give us our money back, and that whole thing. And it took two hours, and the guy, I loved it, he goes, well, what better time to take a cruise than when you're about to die? I was like, just give me the money back, man. Like, And we did. We got out of it. But I was like, don't ever agree to those cold calls again. No. no. Uh, we covered our own financing through our home equity line because we bought this early. We were grandfathered in when the big change happened a few years ago. I'm just talking about the change of 2006 or whatever that was. Uh, at the time, I believe the new points being sold were Saratoga and were charging around $105 a point with a minimum purchase of 150 points. 
On our ownership documents, we owned a portion of Unit 34 at Old Key West. As you said, it doesn't match a room, but that's the legalese because it was real estate. It's like it's like National Lampoon's going to Germany trying to find... A, I'm looking for Unit 34. <laughs> end up I, at Fritz's hey, house. <laughs> hey, I own a one square inch of the moon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's my spot right there. Where is Unit uh -huh. 34? Oh, sorry, They've been pushing sorry. that uh, buy a piece of land in Scotland now, so you're a lord or a yes, lord. Yeah, yeah, right. mm. uh, in the time, we had the points dues increase uh, from 670, 94, and 150 points to 1,400 this past year as the dues have gone up. Service has gone down in terms of housekeeping and transportation, which, I, you know, we all know what Disney is now versus what it was 30 years ago or whatever. And that is something I didn't really consider when, you know, thinking about DVC. I thought for sure they'd at least try to keep it up. But yeah, it's interesting. Uh, when our girls were younger, we went every year. There was at least one year where we went twice, maybe to buzz down for food and wine, and just me and my wife. I also used the points to stay while I attended a tech conference in Swalfen. As the girls got older, we rented our points out either directly to friends or through DVC Rental Store. We were getting a good point per rate uh, DVC Rental Score, more than enough to cover the dues, and the surplus went into the vacation fund. Unfortunately, lately, the rates at DVC Rental Store have plummeted down to the point where the spread between our dues and the income wasn't worth it, especially as the maintenance fees have continued to rise. Uh, they decided to sell their points this year for $95 a point. We got an offer for $90, and they took it. In summary, we paid $11,700 $11, for the points initially and received $13,600 when we sold them 18 years later. Don't even get out the calculator, Todd. We paid approximately $13,000 in dues and taxes but bought in at 11.6 in rental income, brought that in, sorry. This means for 18 years of access, we paid about $200. Of course, there's the opportunity cost of putting the money in it with Disney instead of investing it, but overall we did pretty well. The primary reason we did it was because I was working as a software contractor intended to never take time off. By getting the points, it gave us a reason to take a vacation on a regular basis. We like the Disney bubble, stayed at all the properties, uh, even Bay Lake Tower during the pandemic. Same here. We never exchanged points for cruises since the conversion rates weren't very good. I have heard that the cruising is was not a good uh, high use of points. Unfortunately, with the massive price increases at Disney parks for tickets, food, the high cost of airfare, plus the fact that our kids are getting old or getting out of the house, we want to do non-Disney things. Boy, that sentence is to exactly to you, Brian and Todd. In the future. We probably rent points to go to Disney, but I don't see us going there anytime soon. It was a choice, and looking back at it, after almost 20 years, I don't regret our decision to purchase there. Would I buy a resale DVC today? No, not with the restrictions. The restrictions basically cut the legs out of the resale market, I think. One more thing. For Old Key West, our points expire in 2042. However, a while back, they offered to extend it for 15 years I don't remember how much it was. We decided against extending the points. However, Disney was contacting people with 2,042 points, offering to buy them out at $85 a point. Um, so lots in there. And uh, one thing that I am getting here, and as a, a we'll say, younger parent, they, they really get you at that moment when you are your most vulnerable and you're thinking, I have to make memories with my family which it's like the, the first kid versus the second kid. I have hours of video footage of my first kid. My second kid, not so much. It's just kind of how <laughs> it goes. And you go to Disney and you're the same way. You're like, man, this is great. We should do this every year. 
what's this thing? Let's go here. But then as they get older, it seems like there's a trend here of like, you know, yeah, we're going to going to back out of this. We're going to go do something else. I want to take the wife to Arizona. I want to, yeah. you know, do something else. I'm really thinking about this too is cuz some people are saying that, you know, their their dues went up and really high and it didn't make it worth it. Other people say oh, the dues haven't been bad over time. Um you know, and he makes a good point here at the end buying them to rent out is just not a great deal. And and for them, look, they broke even. That's pretty good and he admits that, you know, he didn't make money, he didn't lose money. He $200 is a wash, right? Comes out in the wash. Um, it's just, it. well, anyway, this will be more su supporting evidence for my argument at the end, not argument, but my statement at the end. All right. Our next letter is from Mr. Ken Cabot. Uh, he said, as usual, episode 84 was fantastic. Is that, uh, as a longtime DVC member, he has a few thoughts to share. So first of all, uh, although DVC is a point-based system, when you do buy into the program, you actually purchase real estate interests in a specific physical part of the resort property. And he attached a copy of one of his deeds, and you can see that he owns, and I love this, a 0.3069% interest in Unit 67C at Animal Kingdom Lodge. It's free real estate. Uh, I'm also attaching a declaration of, con of condominium, which is an example complete with the blueprints, blueprints of how they define the various units. I love that, a de declaration of... The Declaration of Condominium. I think uh, the Founding Fathers all signed that, didn't they? Exactly. That's when the Animal Kingdom broke, relo broke away from the rest of the property and decided just to go <laughs> on it on their own. <laughs> Became a 55 uh, and older. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it says, as you, as you predicted, Disney will offer to extend the contracts for Old Key West as the expiration date draws closer. So you, they, do, in fact, do not just kick you out unceremoniously at the end of 50 years if they get some more money out of you. Uh, in fact, they sent out a solicitation letter to Key West owners about 10 to 15 years ago. And he says, and we've heard this from other people, that he, they offered a 15-year extension for about $15 a point, which that's cheap, right? I mean, that's, uh, how can you say no to yeah. that? Yeah, we're cutting um, two and a half grand, you know, for 150 points. Okay. So I was kind of wondering, 15 years ago, was like, were they, was the money a little, was the company a little short on money back then compared to, to now? I wonder if there was like a... Well, you had the they... yeah, you had the two thousand eight crash. Um, yeah, they stopped the... building some of the other hotels. Yeah. They probably wanted to entice the ones that they had to stay longer. And uh, the yeah. recovery was very slow, so I don't think a lot of people, you know, real estate prices dropped all over the country. So, um, oh, he says uh, DVC has historically offered a variety of incentives to get people to take tours. So, in addition to fast passes, three per person in your group. Um, that's that was pretty good, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he's seen them offer gift cards and even cash. You met two hundred dollars. He thinks. Can you imagine walking out of that with two hundred bucks in your in your hand? Uh, along with the sales centers you mentioned at Boardwalk in Saratoga Springs, for a while they offered present uh, presentations at the Town Square Theater in the Magic Kingdom. Because that's where he was introduced to DVC in two thousand. You know, if Mister Anonymous of the prior email had gotten two hundred dollars in cash for his tour. <laughs> He would have ended up breaking completely even. That's right. And when he sold his <laughs> trip. Wait, wasn't he up 200 or was he down no, 200? Was, I think he said he so cost down him 200. 200 yeah. So if he had gotten the 200 in cash for the tour, well, well, we'll he, should, a, he should go back to them. We can get a GoFundMe so, going too for him too. I'm yeah, picturing in, in the town square theater in, in the main street there, instead of meeting Mickey Mouse, you would meet a DVC sales rep. <laughs> was that the big draw? That was the meet and hey, greet. Everybody, come on in. 
let's take a look at the point system. <laughs> uh, finally, an interesting note regarding uh, DVC's fiscal reporting. According to Lentessel and Jim Hill, DVC's revenue is reported under the parks and resort category. So if DVC were to ever stop building and selling new resorts, there would be a huge revenue reduction reported under parks and resorts. That is that is very interesting. Yep. This is thank you. And as always, for such a great show and community, can't wait to see you in September. And uh, we can't wait to see him, too. Our next one comes from Michael Esposito, who said he must be that guy uh, as a DVC owner and say, say that we seemed mildly ill-informed because DVC is very complex, especially if you only look at it from a financial perspective. I don't think we only looked at it from a financial perspective, but we have gotten a lot of emails that talked about the value of the memories and things over time. But he said one big factor that we missed in our episode was the resale value. And Disney has such strong stipulations in place to ensure resale value is maintained. Quick example, they mentioned Old Key West. The pre-sale started at $48 per point. Today, Old Key West is selling on the resale market at conservatively $100 a point. Disney Direct is selling it likely for over $200 per point, so they'll exclude that. Assuming a 3.75% return for 31 years, $48 invested in 1992 would be 103 today, about what Old Key West sells for. 3.75% is not a return you'd want for retirement. However, if it also got you 31 years of vacation, it's not even a break even. You'd get more back for your investment after you vacation for 31 years. And he breaks down a lot of the same uh, math at some of the other resorts and their annual dues, some of what other folks have said. Uh, but at the end of it, uh, he, he stressed as, you know, I, I was one of the people who moved my opinion a bit after our episode and reading all this feedback and, and one of the strong pieces of replies we've gotten from this email, some priors and some we'll yet read. Uh, is that uh, you can get your a large portion of your money back when you decide to sell before your 40 or 50 years is up. So thank you for that letter, Michael. Okay, I'm going to get uh, Ethan here. Ethan wrote us on June 22nd. He says, funny how worlds collide. My dad was a timeshare salesman in the Poconos in the 80s. <laughs> So he might have been one of the guys giving away the cardboard grandfather clocks to your friend. <laughs> he was a teacher the rest of the year, but for three or four summers, he's head up to Outdoor World and sell campsite timeshares, the old off-season job for teachers. I love it. Uh, they use the You Can Use Them Anywhere sales pitch and even claim they were so close to Disney World that the only thing that separated them was a chain link fence. That's <laughs> And awesome. 14 miles. <laughs> yes, occasionally people won cars, and there were mid-tier giveaways too, but most won the clocks. Uh, he bought in at DVC, Saratoga Springs, in 2009, right before his 30th birthday. Living in New York City with a lot of young friends meant that no one really had money to travel to Disney. When the opportunity came to buy DVC, pre-2011, when he still got the perks, I looked at it as a way I could take one of the biggest uh, roadblocks to a Disney vacation away from my friends. Wow, that's nice of you. Disney's better when we you have friends to share it with, I agree, and yeah, we had some great trips. Now, my wife and I have the same number of points, but end up using them for larger rooms or to bring family members down, and a fewer friends want to make the trip. But that's what it always was for me, a way to make Disney trips cheaper for other people. That is the most unselfish 
email we've gotten about DVC ever. And that's really awesome to see people do, do it and think about it that way. And that's really I, just extending what you've been able to accomplish and getting other people to experience where they may, may never have been able to experience that in the future. All right. I got this one guys. Uh, Linda Umbriet, uh, love your podcast. Thank you. We do too. Uh, I listed on my way to work and uh, to and from work. I really like your June podcast about my home resort, old Key West. Uh, you guys were spot on with all your information. I had heard about DVC in 1993, called and spoke to a rep who sent me a video about it. And then I called him back and bought 192 points sight unseen well that wow i wonder if she got the brochure like my grandparents got but uh 192 points was the minimum you could buy in august 93 for eleven thousand five hundred. she bought it with cash even though she was 29 and had two little kids uh i've been going to disney every year since i was 20 which was the year i won a trip to disney and got hooked we live i want to hear about the the winning yeah, trip i want to hear too. how you Is won like trip? mcdonald's or something like if that was 20, hold like on, she was 29 in 93, so nine years prior was 82, so she won a trip when she was 20. All right, do do write in, Linda, and tell us about this trip you won, because we're curious. Maybe maybe it was the same contest that Roseanne and Dan won when they got oh, to go that's to Walt right. Disney World. And every other ABC sitcom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did get free tickets into the park for the first seven years, which was great. I still have the license plate with the three mountains on it. We talked about going from three to two mountains on, on the logo. Uh, I was sad when they changed the logo. We've stayed at every DVC property on site in Vero and Hilton Head. We moved to Florida almost two years ago and live in Tampa. Wow. Uh, hey, look at that. You got a local. Yeah. You can go hang out in house. Yeah. Seawall. For the yeah. past several years, we've used the points on Disney Cruise Line, which I think is the best value for the points. My estimate was that the DVC purchase would pay off within seven years. It's still the best decision I've ever made. We've, we always try to do, see, experience, eat something new each time we go, which is at least once a month now. My kids still love Disney and come with us when they can, but I just love going with my husband. So that's a local using it to just chill out and go for a day or two, which when you're not trying to go for a week, filling in the blanks where, uh, uh, you know, oh, there's a room available for two nights. We'll take yeah. it. <laughs> that's great. And And it would naturally be a great deal for people who are in proximity and... It's, it sounds like she's either works remote or they're semi-retired or they're just doing it on weekends. Uh, right. You know, obviously opportunities will present themselves if you're constantly trolling the, the availability site and suddenly you're like, oh, hey, we can go this weekend for 11 points. Let's go. That's interesting. She said it's uh, the best value for points going on cruises because you hear I heard it was the opposite. But Well, again, okay, situational. Okay, she bought in 1993 yeah. at the least price possible. So maybe that's uh maybe that makes it plus mm. if they work the same way with the, uh, with the, like the hotels do where there are high point times and low point times, maybe she's able to take the low point times and maximize her early buy-in. Her, yeah. her uh, maintenance fees might not have gone up. I mean, it's very confusing to find out whose maintenance fees have or haven't gone up quickly. You know, some people are, so maybe she's still on the good end of the stick. Yeah. It's like a yeah. pyramid scheme, right? You got to get in at the beginning in order to. <laughs> you got it. Not <laughs> uh, that the UVC is a pyramid scheme. That's just. <laughs> no, 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 not no. at all. Not at all. We're going to cut that out so we can not get terrible emails <laughs> our uh our next guy to write in was jimmy shattuck and jimmy has been an avid listener of ours he first visited walt disney world in 1973 and he appreciates that we help him relive some of the best days of his life through your podcast well to be honest with you jimmy 
when we're old and this is all done, we're all going to look back on these podcast uh, recordings as some of the best days of our lives. So, uh, you know, we have that in common. I was especially interested in your latest show discussing the early years of the DVC. After analyzing it for years, he finally purchased in 2014 and then a second contract in 2015. And then a third in 2016 and a fourth in... No, I'm just kidding. Just second in 2015. <laughs> my points allow my family of 11 to stay in a three-bedroom grand villa every other year with a few left over for a quick trip in the off year. Through my deep research of DVC, I put all my findings in a book called the DVC Field Guide. I know Todd wants to talk about this, but at 700 pages... It's the most comprehensive book ever written on DVC. It's an independent guide that every DVC member or potential member should have. And here are a few points that he needs to make. First, it's not for everyone. The idea of spending a large sum of money up front and then making a financial commitment for a lifetime of prepaid vacations to the same place should cause you to shudder. And there are too many unknowns to decide to vacation in the exact location Every one, two, or three years, life changes are inevitable, even in the short term. Second, there are 200,000 DVC members. And uh, the common statement he says he hears from them is, I wish I had bought sooner. DVC members typically are some of the most loyal Disney fans. They know that a Disney vacation is costly and continues to rise yearly as a DVC member. And... <laughs> Uh, I'll add our own little side note. It also continues to rise yearly if you're not a DVC member by a lot. By owning memberships, they are partially shielded from the annual cost increases. Uh, for non-members, DVC rooms and villas have a 95% occupancy rate. He mentions the resale market um, that he bought his contracts at Animal Kingdom Lodge on the resale market for $79 and $86 a point. In 2014 and 2015, today they are worth $125 a point. Resale membership prices peaked at the end of 2021, but have declined over the last year. Does DVC work as a financial model? Uh, he has a full breakdown, uh, which Todd may want to touch on, but, uh, you know, based on his model compared to a Disney on-site vacation dvc is not for you if you're happy to stay in value locations on the other hand payback can be attractive if you're staying in deluxe resorts you are already staying in the best disney dvc locations the payback will be four to seven years on average the dvc decision is slightly cloudy for moderate vacation choices which he defines as riverside coronado springs etc the payback is around eight to twelve years which may not be as financially attractive but you, your vacation stays will be upgraded as you stay in Disney's finest accommodations. Renting DVC points to save money. Uh, he says that third-party rental companies have emerged to facilitate the point rental market. If you're a DVC member, uh, you can sell your points rather than getting rid of your membership. The cost per point is about $18 today on average. Uh, and the process is easy and allows members to recoup their annual dues expenses, which are between $7 and $12 a point for an owner, and have a little cash left over. On the other side, if you want to stay at a DVC resort, a person can rent these points around $21 a point average, although I know Todd has found better deals, and so have some of us at times. And you can save 25 to 50% on your vacation. This is becoming increasingly attractive to non-DVC members 
uh, and provides an outlet to members who can't use their points or need cash. Uh, so using DVC points for vacations and non-DVC points, he says, is not a good value. They will offer you to use your points for Disney cruises, Adventure by Disney tours, National Geographic expeditions, and vacation exchanges through Inter Interval International. These point exchanges are not a good value. So this is a contrary email to the last one. In most cases, you'd be better off renting out your points, taking the cash, and booking one of these vacations with the cash money. Yeah. So he was kind enough to send along a copy of his 700-page ebook, which I know Todd has read cover to cover. <laughs> all 700 pages. I did it in seven days. 100. Now, first of all, this this document. If you are interested in DVC, or you are an owner, or want to, or you want to start your own timeshare. Yeah, exactly. This is the the definitive guide. Um, yeah. What's his name? Sorry. Eric? Jimmy, 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 Jimmy Shattuck. Jimmy has done. Uh, uh, he, he is the Robert Birnbaum of DVC. There you right? go. Absolutely, absolutely. So at seven hundred pages, um, is it, you can get at dvcfieldguide.com. Um, so what is that seven hundred pages? Well, he's got introductions, how to choose a resort, choosing a use year, um, how to buy a contract from Disney, how to buy from a resale. Direct versus resale, and he's got goes into ownership discounts, maintenance, evaluations, DVC economics. He's got, you know, thirty pages, twenty, thirty pages just on the DV, the economics of D, DVC. He's got, and then goes into availability, accommodations, and then there's sections on every single resort. Um, the resort and accommodation details start on page two hundred and sixty-eight in each resort has about 30 to 40 pages dedicated to it. Um, and then there's ownership key dates and information. If you love data, if you love graphs and you want a lot of information about DVC and you are thinking about being a DVC owner, I highly recommend this. Um, his numbers are really cool. He's got charts and he, he, he apologized to us. He's like, Oh, this has only been updated as of June, not July. I was okay. <laughs> but he constantly updates this and he's got this, uh, graph in here, annual cost purchase price versus dues as of June 2023. He's got heat maps uh, when when resorts are the most busy. Phenomenal amount of information. Um, I can't could not recommend this uh, enough. Um, it's a really really good thing. But a couple things that he said. Uh, you know, Brian, you commented on the the financial model. DVC doesn't work. It's interesting how he broke that down to where people want to stay, whereas the sweet spot is those that can afford or are willing to pay to to be in a deluxe resort, right? If, if you just want to stay in all-star art animation, why are you paying for this? Doesn't make sense for those it people. Doesn't make sense. And it's iffy. And then the other stuff, I get it. Your deluxe resorts are expensive. Uh, comment on the renting DVC points to save money. I do it. And the reason is because I don't want to own and I don't go often enough to justify. And I, if I did own, I just don't want to worry about selling points and all that. I, well, again, at the end, I got more stuff to say. Um, but it, he's right. It's attractive to non-DVC members and, and gives me a discount when I want to go. Yeah, sure. There's the hassle of trying to find the points and the best deal. I'll tell you what, I haven't been able to find, I, I haven't been stumped yet. And I, I think I've used it six, seven times, maybe eight times. So certainly has worked out for me, works out for others. I think we talked about in the last episode, how the, this industry or this, this part of Disney has really spawned off additional industries in, in, in the area. Um, so I, I, Again, I have not been able to read all of it, but what I did read and go through, it's a fantastic guide. I would certainly 
uh, give a look at it. Um, he also has resale history. So yeah. it's really interesting. It shows the dips, you know, in 18 on certain ones. Um, it, it's really interesting how the resale history and the Grand Floridian dropped down to 150 points in, in early 2023. And then now is kind of bouncing back up. They all took a dip. Um, and it looks like a lot of them peaked in around August, 2021. It was, it was a big peak of, of resale history. Um, Bay Lake tower, almost 180 bucks a point, you know, so really, really fascinating information. <laughs> really, really yeah, we'll fascinating. Ha- we'll have to include a link to it in, uh, yeah. in, in the show notes so, so that people know if, where to go if they're interested in purchasing this little. If you're guide. listening and, and, and you want to go there immediately without finding the show notes, dvcfieldguide.com. So, uh, Jimmy, thank you very much for sending that in. It's, it's, it's great. And um, he also sent an Excel spreadsheet. He's got a break-even calculator. So you can put in your cash flow, how much you're spending, what are you spending on the points, and it calculates the whole thing out. It's what I would do if I was purchasing it. But uh, head over to Jimmy's site, and he'll take care of you. Okay, Michael is next michael landis hello gentlemen just listened to the dvc episode congrats on another terrific topic a clarification that might interest you you can use your dvc points at any of the other dvc resorts but your points go farthest at your home resort the booking window for your home resort is 11 months out it's seven months out for all the other ones with so many dvc members now it's nearly impossible to get the nights you want at a resort other than your home resort because they're already booked by the seven-month window. You may be able to get a couple nights you want and cobble together a couple different resorts for your trip, or you may be waitlisted. Does this make sense? It's actually a really big deal for DVC members since the ability to stay at all different resorts is a huge perk. As Uh, Todd and I can attest, (laughs) as we tried to get Beach Club DVC for the weekend of our Retro Magic event, yes, we're completely familiar with how difficult it is to get there if it's not your home resort. Exactly. And yeah, we are the, using the, somebody else's point, so yeah, it's yeah. very difficult. Yeah, it's, I'm on a wait list, and they're like, still nothing, nothing. Yeah. I don't think that's going to open up. So uh, let me get a specific example. My DVC home resort is Saratoga Springs. 11 months from my hoped-for trip, I can book Saratoga no problem. Every room type and night is available, good to go. But if I want to stay at Beach Club Villas, I have to wait until 11 months out, at which point there's Seven no availability. Out. Seven, months, Seven out. months out, sorry at which point there is no availability at the resort. Thus, I have to look elsewhere, and maybe I'll have to book a couple nights here and there if I want to venture beyond Saratoga. Sorry if that's a lot, but it's the most important factor I've found in booking our DVC trips. I know a in lot case... of DVC members who encounter that. and Oh, really? Yeah, and there and they're, a lot of them, again, if you're not traveling with kids, it's easier to say, oh, we're going to do two nights at Wilderness Lodge, and then we're flopping over for three nights at Beach Club, and then... We're going to finish it out with a couple nights at the Grand Floridian and use the points that way because those were the available nights. That's a really hard thing to do, JT. You could probably attest. Oh, yeah. I if can't you're carting imagine. around a seven-year-old and a five-year-old, like, that, that's not happening. Yeah. it's And what's interesting, too, is, I mean, I, it's, that's pretty much, I think I've exclusively stayed like that unless, you know, I'm just looking for a cheap bed. You go all-star or something. I mean... certain ones just always pop up saratoga is always available uh animal kingdom is always available those those couple are just it seems like it doesn't matter when you want to book it there's something there yeah there is it's it's the hot ones that are close to the resorts and things that are Mm -hmm. but to saratoga to me 
it's a, it's I, a great deal. Yeah, I love I mean, Saratoga. It's, it's it's funny because if I think if we, unless we were picking Beach Club for its location, <laughs> yeah, uh, the same reason you pick the Bay Lake Towers, which are tiny rooms, and uh, the Polynesian and the Grand Floridian one for its proximity to the being on the monorail. Uh, honestly, like I look at it, I'm like, man, I'd pick between Old Key West or Saratoga because they're just they're very chill. They're mm-hmm. very they're they're great. You know, just kind of, it's a real vacation. Yeah, sure. Uh, as opposed to being in the thick of it. And no, there's and Saratoga a bit of has a, that comes with the other ones for sure. Oh yeah, totally. It's, it's just there. They have a different feel Saratoga. You know, you're back in some of those different buildings. They got their own pool. You, you don't really, you need to use your car to get the any. I mean, it's just, yeah, those are there. I mean, I, I did that one day I told you guys about where I was, you know, marathon training and I was running through all the golf courses. It was just, you just felt like you're in a totally different, different yeah. place. It didn't feel like Disney world. The, so. the one downside to, to Saratoga, in my opinion is also is the, the outdoor entrances are a little weird, but that's just, oh. yeah, they, they do have that. Uh, in case you're do wondering, you mean because, because it's the remnants of the, the did the Bonavista village and all the other things. So it was well, like, no, no, or... I mean, I, I think in general over to, Todd I, likes an inner hallway with a, with a door on the inside. He doesn't like an exterior door. I hotel. heard that about him. Got <laughs> <laughs> um, a motel fan. Motel. <laughs> well, no, it does. It does have kind of a, a motel feel and it's not that your doors are right there. It's there is that there's these weird long, hallways and you're, you're there humid hot and you got the lizards jumping around it's just a comment it's just a comment i mean it's it's well uh old key west well, no. is like that yeah and so is does, uh, does, uh yeah. does the lizard put on a little top hat and go hello my baby are those new buildings todd or are those the old uh the whole resort is like that yeah but i i love the grounds i like it's everything's it's walkable to the main area i i enjoy it i I'm just, it's just a comment. That's all. So somebody can yeah, be in the That's a very, I, mean, I mean, I guess they are all, to me, when we walk through, it seems very spread out there. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But, oh, it totally is. But there has been a traditional delineation that value and moderate resorts have an exterior door. Yep. Right, whereas right. deluxe resorts have interior carters mm-hmm. and, and ways in like that. But what's funny is I think the size of Saratoga and what you get for your money to me, is higher than a moderate. I, I feel it's a little higher than a moderate resort, if you ask me. Oh, I don't. I, I mean, it's a it's considered a deluxe resort. So yeah. Well, and the big perk, which I mean, we found was walk to Disney Springs. You don't have oh. to go park in the Lime Garage. You don't got to. You just it walk was great over for with... that. Except when we stayed there, the COVID stuff still had to make you go to the the the, <laughs> the entrance all the way around. Oh, did they? So, oh my gosh! So you're just right there, and like so no, you, you could can't walk go through here. the temperature screening. Yeah. Yeah, I had yeah. to go all the way around. Oh, it was terrible. But anyway, then that was temporary, so not a big deal. Well, uh, Michael also says, in case you're wondering, he acquired DVC membership from his parents. Back in 2002 or three. his parents bought into Saratoga, dreaming of the annual family gatherings at Disney. It would bring together his sister and her family from the West Coast and me from the East Coast. Those magical gatherings never materialized. My parents got sick of my sister and me fighting over Disney's trip. So a few years later, they gifted the membership to my sister and me. Her and I split the points. We take turns of the points every other year. Anyway, look forward to seeing you at the Yacht Club soon. Well, you where you don't have DVC's point. No, I'm just kidding. Just, he's looking forward <laughs> to seeing us there, though. Where he's uh, He actually had his wedding reception there. How about that? Oh. 
So would everybody agree that the only thing better than buying DVC points is having DVC points given to you upon, you know, the death well, or that, the benevolence of someone the, else? Well, the, the thing is to make your, the, you have your parents buy them and then make it so difficult for them to plan a trip that they just say, here, have the points. That this was, was Michael's, Michael's scheme all along yeah. and it worked <laughs> out perfectly. Nicely, nicely done, Michael. Nicely, nicely done. done. And we look forward to seeing you too and uh, celebrating your uh the location of your wedding reception with your lovely wife you know i wonder if he got dvc points for the event at the yacht club or beach club you know because uh you know we I, couldn't get him i i have sp you know what i've spoken to him uh but i don't remember where i think he's at saratoga for this but i don't remember <laughs> figures he's yeah. a member yeah. <laughs> all right last one that i have here unless you guys have any others in the hopper hidden somewhere uh this is from john John says, just listen to your DVC show, and I was sure you will get I'm sure you'll get a ton of messages about what a great deal it is and how wrong you are. He's a spreadsheet lover. You hit the nail on the head there, my friend. <laughs> uh, John's a spreadsheet lover and uh, has some of his own math when it came to this. I've been a member since the beginning in 2015. Disney opened the Polynesian. It pushed me over the edge into the buy camp. Plus, we bought a cr on a cruise which is already not the smartest move. I was hoping you'd say I'm, like, go, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I'm imagining wait. being on a cruise and going into a DVC presentation while you're on your cruise. I, I want to tell you, I've just looked back at my emails. Michael is waitlisted for the beach club villas for our <laughs> event. Well, that's the thing how you're, you, you know, I can imagine like, you know, I've been on the cruise like, hey, come to the art show. We've got discounted watches at noon and all that. And then like, is it like, yeah, one, we got a, a presentation on DVC, which you really can't use that well on this cruise ship. That's interesting. Yeah, I, you know, I assume there must be a kiosk or two somewhere. Um, I'm, I'm sure I walked past it a dozen times. What on if, uh, what if on. they were selling you uh, like 0.028% of cabin u106 like <laughs> on the ship or just like a tiny square of water in the atlantic you know i i own a portion of the anchor Cast on this boat. Key. Just... You, could, you could buy you could buy a three grains of sand on castaway yeah. key uh he says anyway i have kept a spreadsheet that has included the lost opportunity cost and inflation to see what my actual cost has been year over year it took us a little over three years to pay back the nine percent loan Nine by making percent. wow he has exclama well, exclamation point a, on it a, a year ago that didn't that sounded crazy now yeah. it's it's not so far off from the going no it's not right it's still but it's still high still high uh in making extra payments for a total cost of thirty five thousand nine hundred dollars buy-in with closing costs when we were staying we uh, sorry when we were when we stay using points i have been keen been keeping track of what I would have paid for a hotel instead. This means in the moment, there are some times when I would have splurged on Animal Kingdom Lodge, and there are also times when I would have been there for the weekend, just more in the parks, and I probably would have stayed at the Holiday Inn. I've also sold points here and there as I did not use them. He's See, he's actually being very realistic there, which most people don't do. He's just saying, I, I find this interesting because of where we're getting to is probably what not most people will expect. So he's keeping track of what he would have paid for a hotel. He says sometimes he would have put Animal Kingdom, and sometimes he was at, oh, I was at a, the Polynesian, but if I went there and I didn't have points, I would have spent the Holiday Inn. So he's making a real-life comparison of what he would have done in that moment, not just saying, 
oh, I am going to the Polynesian. I'm only paying 500 and I would have spent 2500 here. You know what I'm saying? He, oh, he's yeah. being very honest, which a lot of people say, well, if I had gone to the Polynesian, I would have spent this. Well, maybe you would not have. So he's being very, very honest with himself, which you think is going to save him. But let's go on. I could go into my formulas, but I won't bore you with the nitty <laughs> Please details. Send them. I'm so interested. <laughs> this is where I believe I am. Total paid since 2015 in purchase and dues and lost opportunity, 49 grand. What I think I've saved and what small profit was made selling points, $10,000, $10,800. So I should hopefully break even in about 50 years when it expires. <laughs> this is why I would have a hard time recommending to other people, but I don't regret it for me though. Lost opportunity cost is a bit of a joke because every time you spend anything more than money on essentials, it's lost opportunity. But I do like to include it just so I can see what it is. I like that being a member has let me try all the different resorts. I love the theming above all else, uh, even though it is, you know, kind of tapered off in recent years. I like that I have been able to put up family and friends who joined me on a trip who probably could not afford to stay in those resorts. See, another, nice another person. nice person there, yeah. But best of all, mm -hmm. it does really push relaxation over my Disney trips. At a time when going to Disney is more complex than ever, Brian, it's nice to have in the back of your mind that there will be plenty more trips. You don't have to get into that new restaurant this time where you can feel fine passing on a 90-minute Haunted Mansion line, especially when they're redoing the canopy. Just wanted to add my two cents to the fray that I imagine you are receiving. Really enjoyed the podcast, and we'll see you at All at Retro Magic in a few months. I'll bet you he's staying at the Polynesian. Or the Holiday Inn. <laughs> well, he's, he's yeah, he's going to say, yeah. <laughs> So it's, you know, that was a good one because we had the, uh, you know, we had a nice, nice mix there on that last one it, it is. back yeah, and it forth. Is. So it's funny because I didn't connect this, you know, my first thought was like 50 grand. Good Lord. That's so much money. And I just happened to price for fun. Cause we were looking up the cost of like, you know, a new, a new competition ski boat, six figures, easy, 90, hundred grand for that. And that's like, you know, something where it's like, you, you don't use that every day in Ohio, but this is a vacation. So it's, it's interesting that like he said, that lost opportunity on things that aren't essentials or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're putting your money into, into different places and what you believe is going to give you the most amount of entertainment. Um, couple things um, I heard. There is, before you go totally into it, Todd, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. one thing I saw a couple of emails from people that had, um, like five kids or six kids. And for them, DVC made sense because if you, once you get out of the standard four people in a room, you're, you're having to buy two yeah. rooms yeah. in order to, so when I had, you know, my oldest is now out of the house, but when we had five, it's like, we didn't just book one hotel room for the, for the five of us. We had to get two rooms mm -hmm. and that essentially one, one for how and one for everybody else. Exactly. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that essentially doubled our costs. So if it was, you know, $350 at a moderate resort per night, it's like you're now paying $700 plus resort fees, plus this, that, and the other thing. But not so, parking anymore, just so no, you're not parking, Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there were several use cases that people put out where they had larger families. And I said, oh, this totally makes sense because you're able to get, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that like Kidani Village that holds six or seven people, right. a much larger room than you would normally be able to. So I, I lump that in with people that say like, well, I was spending, a, you know, a huge amount of money on a deluxe resort anyways. It was actually less expensive for me to get that same deluxe resort sure, sure. through DVC. So 
once you're into that class of of uh of resort or traveling with a bunch of people i do think potentially dpc does make a lot more sense for people yep. and it's it's interesting seeing all the different things of like oh when we got tickets it was really worth it not so much worth it now if i do this it's worth it to me so i right I, I, and there's, just, a, there's all different things that have a different value proposition to each each project now to your point there that makes a lot of sense but because you are staying in a larger property you need to buy more points because you can't stay as long as you could as if you were in a smaller room so it, while it's not doubling your cost but you might you know doubling room but you might it gives opportunity to that to help people save money but you might not be able to stay as long and you might have to have more points in the bank yeah i'm i'm still a little confused about when you're buying points like it seems so weird to me and maybe this is because i'm a florida resident to go to walt disney world for a full week and i know people from the uk routinely come over for two weeks at a time ah, but like 12 I hour could, flight I not, you're gonna do that <laughs> yeah i could not fathom staying there for seven days i so, feel like i that would be way too long for me let me let me give you my take on that because my thought over the years has completely changed when I came down with my grandparents, the only thing that they knew was a weekly trip. And it was very relaxed. You know, we're talking late 80s, mid 90s. It, we always went to Epcot two, three times. We'd hop to the Magic Kingdom. It was very relaxed. And, and the week went by fast because you just did the dining reservations you wanted to. You just, all the shit we've talked about, right? All the stuff we've talked about. So... Then I, like you, how I fell away from the Disney circle and the parks for a while. And when I went back with my son, the first couple of times we went with friends and we're like, we're going to show them everything we can do. And we went for a week because you had a small kid and you couldn't go from eight to midnight. We were done at six o'clock and we were those people that pushed the strollers out. Some nights we stayed late, but we came into the parks late and we were back at the rental house and people were having a glass of wine and the kids are snoozing different scenario now i think because i've experienced it many times the desire in the trip is very different it's not necessarily hitting the parks all the time and to one of our listeners point if you don't want to go if you don't miss on man if you miss on imagine you miss on imagine i've done it i feel like at this point like maybe many dvc people they're in the what the, we would call the bonus years You've done it all. You've seen it all. You're ready to, can, you know, if you miss something, it's not a big deal. So where am I now? Seven days? That's a lot of time. You know, it, it really, really is. But if you're coming down there and you're not going to go on attractions and you're just going to sit at the resort, enjoy the pool, and talk to people like myself in the hot tub when they come in at 9 o'clock at night, <laughs> you know, maybe that's the thing. But I do agree. I I four day four or five nights max and at that point I'm, I'm ready to do something else or off property or go find a dinner somewhere it's just yeah but i think dvc people who are going down there two three times a year or even every other year whatever it's bonus time when it comes to the parks and everything right i just i think part of for me when we have gone for three or four days consecutively, we get home and I feel like I need to take a vacation. Oh, absolutely. From the, from the vacation I was just on ice because the energy, the complexity of planning everything now, it's just like, it's absolutely. no longer 
spontaneous and fun for us and no. everything is busy and you're just like oh, we're not that we didn't have a great time when we were there because we're we are we we obviously are still having a great time when we go but it's i yeah. don't feel relaxed coming off of that vacation anymore no the complexity is very different especially you have the younger kids still they want to do stuff you want to see stuff so now my vacations where they are busy i still come out tired but i know where my limit is and i came back from my vacation in europe more energized than i did five nights at Disney World in April, so. I, I will say, to you, you ever, like every parent with older kids, you forget you didn't have to remind your son to use the bathroom every four hours, Todd, in Europe, and, you know, all these things where it's, uh, you know, I think it's, it's just all age-dependent and what you're, you know, I mean, I always go back to when we went when I was a kid. I mean, we did one park day in a week, and we enjoyed Fort Wilderness. We did all the stuff that, you know, was was the resort. That's, you know, my parents were spending X amount of dollars to drag a camper down there, and I think it was, that was what you did. I mean, and yeah. we, we rode bikes. We did this stuff. We'd playground all day, the pool all day. That stuff you just enjoyed. And, I mean, honestly, we sort of do that now. We don't plan. If we're there for a week, we don't plan more than one maybe two park days at most and then we go elsewhere off property or whatever but there's i i don't know how those people do it that they go eight days and they're at the park seven like no no way there is no way i can manage that i I mean part of it is we are all i mean we've all got i i don't know what my count is at this point because i don't think i'm over a hundred days in the parks in my lifetime. Cause that's a lot of days. If you don't live in Florida, <laughs> yeah, um, I'd have to count it. You know, even on my many trips there, I'm not sure that I've crossed the hundred day mark, but I've been there a lot. I've certainly been to the resort more than a hundred days. Uh, but in terms of being in the parks, I do think there's a point you reach where there's a saturation point. And for us, what we do is, I know JT in the last trip, you wanted to ride Guardians, you wanted to ride Tron, you, you wanted to see the new stuff uh, and do some stuff with your kids, eat at a new place. Um, but that's, that's the big change in my approach over the last 10 years versus the first 30, 20, I was going to the parks on a regular basis. And... I think when you're going with kids and it's a vacation with the kids, there is a, there is a, I mean, I, you know, we used to, I used to go for weeks at a time. That was always my, you know, it was a week, they were always week long trips uh, until, you know, I started to make them five day trips, you know, a little bit shorter uh, just because of available vacation time. When you're a younger worker, you don't have weeks and weeks to burn. So you're, you know, you take off a, fly down Thursday night and fly home Monday or Tuesday night. And that way you're only taking a couple of days off from work and you're jamming a trip in. Uh, I, but I think it's not, I mean, most, most of the trips now I would say are five to seven days and we have enough travel agents that listen to us that could probably tell us that, but you know, certainly family trips are generally about a week. Uh, and if you consider that there's four parks and, you know, that's the big shift that changed it from, you know, you're talking about it not being relaxing now, but really, you know, when they open the third and fourth parks, I, it, you know, you're, it was hard to do any of those parks in a day to begin with, except Disney MGM Studios when it opened. Animal Kingdom was very easy to do in a day when, when yeah. it opened, uh, unless you wanted to 
sit and stare at monkeys on the on the trail for an hour you know and like to kind of run through the attractions and stage shows you could do most of it in the early years in a day but you know epcot magic kingdom to kind of do everything you know you needed a couple days at each and you know all of a sudden that's two four now you're up to six days but hitting all the parks and and then there's a travel day uh you know where you're either checking in or checking out and maybe you're hitting the springs so it was very easy to fill a week but when it suddenly became four parks and all this other stuff going on two water three water parks at one point um you know, it, it 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 was not a relaxing vacation anymore. It's uh it's a for for people with kids, for people going and attempting to right. complete and tick off all the boxes, mm-hmm. you know. Especially Je- once Jenny in a loves lifetime. Jasmine and Aladdin, so we're gonna go see them and you know, Tommy's favorite thing is Buzz Lightyear, so we're going to the Toy Story Mania and Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger spin and you know, you're you're trying to tick off all these boxes. Uh, and that experience is for the parents as much as it's for the kids. Cause you know, as you guys certainly know, your kids are little for a finite period of time mm-hmm. and then they reach an age where they don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> and then you reach an age where you don't really want to talk to them. And that's then, now Brian. And then you get into an adulthood area where one of two roots goes, your kids and you either become friends or their acquaintances you see at holidays, you know, I mean, it's a, but the, these families out there, uh, you know, one of the themes of these letters that I take away is, you know, there's the trips with your kids and then the interest in taking the trips with your grandkids uh, when they have kids of their own. That's what I'm and, looking forward to. I'm, you know, and at some time. Yeah. Get on a Conlon. You know, well, yeah, give him a little. Just, just let's get like him get through school first. Okay? Get him out of high school, Brian. Yeah, we don't want you to get him out. <laughs> I think in the end, uh, you know, the the theme that we've had from all of these folks is that for them and their families, it was the right fit. Some of them, it's still the right fit. Some of them, it was the right fit until it wasn't anymore, and they've moved on to other things. And uh, it's a value because you have that option. Now the big theme here in some of these letters tonight is that that resale market has begun to decline the last two years as the market becomes saturated with people looking to exit as they're hitting 20 and 30 years in in, in this program uh and that is a great x factor because this argument that oh i could just get out of it at some point and it's and it's a wash uh may just get worse and worse well, and and if Disney continues to build new resorts every year and sells more new things, that yeah. continues to grow the that pool of you know available and, inventory for people to buy from. That and, aren't and we and we don't forget that ones. Disney controls the ability to resell. We we mentioned right. that in the last episode that written into the contracts is if you know the lower you go with these resale prices, Disney has the right of first refusal to come in and say. Oh, you're selling it for 15 bucks a point? Well, we're going to buy it from you for 15 bucks a point instead of Todd McCartney buying it. Exactly, because what's mm. interesting about it is if you're not going to go anymore and you, you want to resell, they want somebody in there that's going to go and spend money. Yeah. That's what they... I mean, you selling it, keeping it, and selling it, fine. They're getting their maintenance, and they're, you're putting somebody in there that normally wouldn't be there. But if somebody is paying the dues or not going or you know wants to resell it, great. Let's put somebody in there. We'll, we'll get it back from them cheap. 
and we'll resell it and get somebody in there expensive. But I, I really do want to say we asked for your feedback. I, I mean, I know I speak for everybody. We really appreciate everybody who took the time to yeah. write to us, the detail that you've put into it, uh, the fact that you appreciated where, you know, our breakdown and what we knew and what we didn't know or what you thought we didn't know. Um, and, and every, you know, this was a really interesting, respectful exchange and I appreciated, uh, everybody, even the guy that let off and accused us of making fun of people. (laughs) What's interesting too, is I was listening back uh, today of our original episode, we kind of, you know, did the episode to talk more about the history of it. And then we end getting into logistics and all that. And, you know, we, 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 this episode is really not a, uh, historical based episode or anything more just an exchange, which is interesting because it's, you know. Going back to, you know, we saw people, original buy-ins back in the old Key West. So those are some of the original members of the whole yeah. the whole club. So They're out there and cool. listening. They're some great. of the most satisfied customers. That's right. They got the biggest rooms, at least. At old Key West, and the best deals. The best deals, yeah. So here's what I've been thinking about, is that, you know, how you mentioned common themes. And there are some, right? It's situational, right? Everybody's situation is different. The key for me, and, and my opinion for my own use of DVC hasn't changed. It remains the same. And I really appreciate everybody writing in. It gave me a different look at where it works for those situations where it works. And that's great. If it works for you, that's fantastic. I think we're not necessarily I have trouble with it, but where I draw the line is that it has to be Disney. We mentioned the bubble. A lot of people mentioned the bubble. They want to be in the Disney bubble. And that's great. If that makes you feel great and now those are the, the the memories that you're as i mentioned last month that you're pre-buying you know and, and and buying into and going down there and feeling comfortable great except for the woman that was in the hot tub next to me she was not comfortable <laughs> going down there all the time um so that's great if you want to go there and i think it really does make sense for some people's lives some people's travel habits where they are what does it cost to get down there whether they want to go into the parks and we've heard a lot about park prices going up hassle cumbersome you know, ticket prices, all that. For me, look, I don't need to go to Disney every year. Probably the reason I've gone as much as I have in the past 10 years is because of, you know, you guys, this brotherhood that we have and the, all of our listeners and putting together the, the events have, I've gone down there six times now as a result in the past 10 years or seven times mm-hmm. just for events. And yes, I've gone there with family. So I totally agree with the people who want to travel there with family, travel there with people who know haven't gone before. And that's where we filled it in with. And it was totally cool if we didn't get a Honda Mansion. For me, though, I want to see new places and things. Um, and the complexity of Walt Disney World, for those that I was just talking about the complexity and people were complaining about that, it is smartly planned by them because it causes you to want and have to come back. Right. Because you didn't get to see everything for the newbies. Right. Other people may have seen everything and they're chilling. And every person they get in there, as we mentioned, will spend. Like I said for myself, I want to go see new places. I want to see new things. Um, So my review, my view remains the same. It's not for me. Um, I want to have the freedom to go elsewhere. I like my money on variety, different investments and flexibility. But more power to anybody out there who's getting the lifetime of a deal and um, a lifetime of memories at a place that they love the most, which is, which is awesome. You can't ask for anything better than that. So uh, I'm glad that people out there have found that. Um, but if you are selling your DVC points, call us up. Maybe I'll buy some. <laughs> Todd, Todd <laughs> so, loves to buy direct. I just, I just bought direct for um, 
Edna Alani. We did it. Nobody from this show, by the way, none of the listeners, I, I, I did through another source, but uh, got the person through another source, but none of the listeners wanted to give, a, give up Was their points Was it King Kamehameha that he set you up? The... <laughs> I bought direct for uh, Retro Magic first time I did that, not through yeah. a broker. This one's, this one's direct. But it... I know, I know. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. I'm able to change the contract, but we got it nailed down. So. What did you change? I'm not. I'm, I'm not talking on here. We're about contracts. So anyway, gentlemen, that's my take. It's not me. I'm glad it's not for me. I'm glad other people are getting great value out of it. But I, I want that, you know, variety and flexibility. Okay. I I haven't stayed in a Disney resort now for five or six years. I think that's all going to change. How we're getting you a penthouse room at the yacht club. Yeah, except for maybe that one. I mean, other than the one, a, I, I'm, I think overall, um, and I don't know if this is worthy of the episode or not, you know, as the prices of Disney resorts have increased to what I think is a ridiculous state, uh, the value overall of staying there is, is down. So DVC, you know, for those cases where I might be inclined to try to go and stay there, uh, yeah, running D- running DVC points is probably makes a lot of sense. Buying into it probably doesn't because I I still think if on the whole it's overpriced. But uh, I I think it's great that people have found something that works for them and have really enjoyed it. And I, I think that's all that anybody can ever ask for of of anything out of life is like, is there something that I like and can I buy into that and and uh, and enjoy it and and have a good time doing it. You make a really good point how uh, the, the, the people who are going for the once in a lifetime that becomes maybe every three or four year trip, every few years, maybe while their kids are young, DVC probably doesn't make sense for them. But as they have, not only has the prices of a Disney vacation, you know, a Disney resort stay increased astronomically in the last three or four years uh at the same time the amenities have been cut not just magical express but you know daily housekeeping and dozens of other things that have been chipped away at uh it's been a 20-year process for the most part but but it's accelerated in the last five or so uh so if you're going every year and staying for a week at a deluxe resort and paying rack rates, like just booking through Disney, you should absolutely own DVC. Like, I, I think that's one thing I would take away from this is, you know, you, you should buy today. Um, you know, for anybody else, the calculate and mod, frankly, moderate prices, you should probably take a hard look at it because they're in the, they're in what used to be the deluxe range. I mean, 300, $350 to stay right. Riverside. It seems, it seems so insane to me that Caribbean beach, was the $69 a night value resort. And now it's middle to high tier. And, and I remember, has changed. I, re- I remember the all-stars <laughs> being 59, right? $59. Caribbean beach has exterior doors too. <laughs> but if you did, uh, well, well, I mean, there's an example, the, the, the moderate resorts that had boat rentals that don't now, they took away all the little water sprite, like you know, they don't want to offer that amenity at a moderate resort. Um, I mean, just the f- just the fact that I can't go to the beach anymore. Right. At I was about Fort to say Wilderness that, that 
and contemporary and Polynesian were going to the beach and using that facility on top of the pool was something that you could like that's taken away another thing that I would have enjoyed doing uh, if I was staying at those resorts. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, I think all those things taken in total, there's a, there's as many of our right uh, listeners that wrote to us, there's a strong case in certain scenarios where it makes sense. And obviously there are hundreds of thousands of people for whom it makes sense. I will be interested to see, uh, you know, five years from now where that resale market is. I'll also be interested to see, I'm not doing it, but somebody breaking down an inflation calculator on those average resort rental nights, you know, from the rack rates, the rates that Disney generally offers, because I mean, I don't know what the percentage has been over the last five years, but am I wrong in saying it's 50%? I mean, I think they've, I think they've gone up 50% and in, in most of these places. Easily. And for all of that time, they were charging for parking until, until a couple months ago. On top of it, if you brought a car. And yeah, and then no, uh, for a while there, you had to bring a car because there's no magical express. There's no magical express. And... Oh, yeah. well. Oh, well. If only we ran the world. Capital W. Well, it's, it was an interesting topic. I, I really liked reading all the emails and hearing perspective. I, I like hearing from anybody that owns anything, honestly, like whether it's car ownership. It's, you know, we got a, a good chunk of reviews from people who do this and what they experienced and what they paid and what they thought. I think that's super interesting. I mean, it's not too often you get a firsthand uh, listener account from this stuff. So that's these were super fun to read. And I honestly a lot of you i'm 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 slightly jealous of because i'd love to have you know somebody inherit one to me or something it'd be awesome but you know it would just be neat to take your kids to the polynesian every year or so you know these yeah. these, these places that uh i mean i know it was out of reach for me until i was you know a single guy earning a good living and you know we we went through a period where we were staying at a, you know, i stayed at the yacht club and i was staying at polynesian what? and What's interesting, though, for me is the ones I really appeal to me, DVC, like I really want to stay in the uh, the Fort Wilderness, or no, I'm sorry, the uh, Wilderness Lodge cabin. And I want to stay at a treehouse. Like I want to, yeah. I don't know, I really want to do those like, you know, I, I'd like to stay just give me one night in like the three bedroom, two story and, Bay and, Lake Tower. And, one I, night, and I have know? a friend who did that a few years ago. I mean, they had a they had a weird point balance. And they ended up staying one night in one of the Copper Creek cabins there on the on the water at the wilderness just to lodge. Blow the point, just right? a night, yeah. And then they moved oh, to another it's... place for another day. And the, uh, but it was like this sweet spot in the in the schedule where there was one night available for far less than you would normally put in. And you know, again, when you're not lugging kids around, sure, uh, and and strollers and all the paraphernalia that goes with traveling with kids, including the kids themselves, uh, it's it's easier to do to just be like, all right, we're just here for the night, you know, just take out what you need. Um, but that's yeah, they've not- got some sweet accommodations that are definitely yeah. only uh, only available to a select few. <laughs> that's well, for sure. Stuck with us till the end here of this non-traditional topic, non-history topic for us. We appreciate it. Next month we will return to a historical topic in the parks, not resorts. We'll be in a park next month. And that'll be the last episode prior to retro magic. 
Can't which is wait. September it's 30th, October soon. 1. And by the time this episode comes out, it just might be sold out. But if not, head on over to retromagic.org and see if you can snag one of the last tickets because very few remain. And just because it's the last ticket doesn't mean you have a bad seat. There is no bad seat at this event. Nope. A lot of new exciting things, a lot of surprises. So there is no discount, however, for DVC members, just so yeah, you just, all know. Everybody <laughs> pays until the same 2011, price. wasn't yeah, exactly. that? <laughs> it was until the big change, the big shakeup. <laughs> all right. Well, as always, thank you to all of our listeners. We did mention Retro Magic. This will hit the airwaves. So there might or may not be some seats left, but head over to retromagic.org to make your donation and reserve yourself a seat for our event. September 30th and October 1st, 2023. Uh, how I, do we have any uh, like t-shirts coming up that like kind of show the g- growth chart maybe of, of resale value, any type of uh, <laughs> uh, uh, amortization table on the back or anything like that? <laughs> we, you know, we've been so focused on uh, all the great stuff that, uh, that you're going to get as part of, coming to retro magic and we're not going to say what that stuff is but it's pretty cool we todd and i have been hard at work uh if you remember last year we had the floaty pens that we gave away uh we had uh, i'm trying to think what the ornament set uh... that's right the ornament set so uh we have been hard at work getting new different things made which i think uh y'all are gonna love oh yeah so uh so yeah that's that's been our, that's been our, our been our big push trying to get everything shipped off to be made so it's going to be in your hot little hands come uh, come September first. But if you got a suggestion of a DVC related shirt, yeah, uh, that you'd like how to produce, uh, just shoot us an email yeah. or call we us just, at nine seven eight seventy one retro. You know what we could do we could we do, do just a shirt where you fill in. You know, I am a DVC owner at blank. I own blank points. I spent blank and I've spent this many nights. Just fill it in. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to make a Todd McCartney DVC hot club. It's going to be just going to be club. a shirt that has the DVC logo. So yes, it was worth it, Todd. <laughs> you should make, make one, uh, you know, after the event, uh, one of the, the forgotten resorts, you know, like the, uh, you know, just make up your own logo for the Times Square one or something. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. But we what, should find the one the, the Times the Square and what was Times the... Square Newport Beach Silver Spring, uh, was it? no you could say coming soon or something right. you know uh, that type of thing with unique, there we go. with unique access to the new Africa Pavilion at Epcot so <laughs> Equatoria <laughs> <laughs> all right with that ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening as always we appreciate your feedback uh, you can send us any comments at podcast at retro wdw.com And as always, if you can, give us a shout-out in iTunes or Google Play or wherever your favorite podcasting app lives. Thank you very much. We'll be back next month uh, with a new topic. And until then, Brian, take us out. Follow the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society on Twitter and Instagram at LBV History and on the web at lbvhistory.org. For all things Retro Disney World, including exclusive merchandise, visit us on the web at retrowdw.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at RetroWDW. And follow our hosts, Todd McCartney, on Twitter at WDWMS, Hal Bowers on Twitter and Instagram at GoAwayGreen, 
JT Couser on Twitter at LS1JT and on YouTube at Rubber City Motoring and on the web at RubberCityMotoring.com. And you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Brian P. Miles. Retro Disney World is the monthly podcast of the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society, a nonpartisan, nonprofit, tax-exempt, 501c3 organization and is not affiliated in any way with the Walt Disney Corporation or any of its subsidiary or affiliated entities. The Disney Vacation Club is an exciting way to give yourself and those you love once-in-a-lifetime vacations every year. For more information, call us at 1-800-800-9100.